Hello and welcome to the NDA podcast. It's always Media Thursday with me, Justin Pierce, the editor, and me, Andy Oakes, the publisher. So, as is boringly traditional, I'll turn to you, Andy Oakes, the publisher, and say, what's been going on? About a billion things have been going on. Um, we finally got ourselves back in the studio. Is this series three? It's a series three. We had a summer, summer break and summer was really long. Summer was long. Yeah, it just went so on, we liked on, summer on. goes on until the day after, just after <laughs> yeah. Halloween. Because uh, we are actually in a rarity recording. It's always Media Thursday on a Thursday, which is great. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. we shouldn't, shouldn't do that, but that's yeah. fine. So, what's Happy, been going happy on? Halloween first to all the listeners. I... It was spooktacular for me. <laughs> if if uh, looks that just portray sheer... <laughs> Ugh, okay, hatred. I, I can't stand Halloween. Right. What are we talking about? What's happened this week? Uh, AA walk figures came out. Okay. Which, um, yeah, underwhelming. Marginally up uh, 1%. That's one whole percent, everybody. Um, during the second quarter. So that means it's uh, an industry worth about 9 billion, according to the report. Now, interestingly, it's the online formats driving that as ever. So our good old friend Search refuses to go away. Search never dies. Search will never die. Um, is up five point three percent. Online display, which they always <laughs> will never die, up five point eight percent. And interestingly, I think the two art that caught my BVOD, which is obviously broadcast video on demand, mm-hmm. broadcast video on demand, so from the bigger channels, uh, that's up five point six percent. And out of home is up four point four percent. So still, still building on its uh, comeback after the pandemic, which is really interesting. Yeah, out of home, I went to Clear Channel's kind of uh, end of year celebration yesterday. Uh, amazing, there's just about 150 people there. Uh, and I think what always amazes me about out of home is how the, how it keeps coming back stronger and stronger and stronger. As you say, the pandemic was such distant memory now, that tiny blip and out of home. But what really struck me yesterday is the strength of out of home sustainability story. I mean, what, what Clear Channel are doing is, is incredible. All the sort of the the bus shelters they're building gardens on the back and the recycling percentages of, of their all their infrastructure is so high now so i think out of home has such a strong sustainability story and when every single marketer every single agency is being kind of measured and tasked on sustainability mm-hmm. uh it gives out of home an even bigger even bigger kind of re- reason to be and also scale yeah uh richard was talking uh, yesterday at Clear Channel about the reach and how, you know, it's the reach is wider than national TV, which is something you don't often think about. So, yeah, Out of Home continues to grow and grow and grow. And when you could put programmatic into the mix, it's one of the most exciting channels out there. Um, sustainability, obviously, key at the moment. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, you can tell when a market's reached full hype when the first people to moan about it have started to come around. And, you know, you and I have both been in the same lunches where people have had a little whinge about some of the bigger names. Yes. We won't mention them. We won't mention them, no. But it's happening. It's the happening. whinges are happening. And I'm, I for one love it. It's good. Um, but Whinge is good, but at the same time, there is incredible work going there on. Is, there incredible is. Incredible work going on. And we're going to highlight that soon, aren't we? We definitely are. Uh, uh... New well, our foresight conference, which is a, a huge success earlier this year, we're doing the sort of part two this year. Foresight focus, focusing on the uh, the sex we didn't cover at the original foresight on sustainability mm-hmm. and brand safety. Brand safety, exactly, and both kind of core considerations for any marketer, and both sort of tied up in the same same sort of area. 
in terms of being a better citizen as an advertiser. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, sustainability, we've got the UK's director of Adnet Zero opening for us. And we've got some amazing brands and agencies and tech companies speaking throughout the morning. So it's going to be big, a big thank you to day. guys from Greenbids. Definitely. Coming on board to be our, yeah. our sponsor for that. And Greenbids, another, as you say, lots of you know, sustainability. It's it's not overhyped, but you can't move from it. But the reason it's it's so ever ever present is, as I say, that beyond the the obvious need for it is the fact that every advertiser now and every agency is being measured on on this stuff. And that's why you see companies like Greenbeards coming in, which is just this incredibly innovative company doing so well because it's got the right technology for the job. So. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so yeah, we are full private, fully on to our uh, events season at the moment. We've got Foresight Focus coming up in December because <laughs> we say this every year. The run up to Christmas isn't what it was, uh, and it, it really does. People work. People really do keep working. People do work, and Christmas needs more conferences. Yeah, conferences I did see Mariah Carey has said today. She burst out of her ice yesterday. <laughs> So, you know, this is, this is the now traditional well, marker Oscar, of Christmas. Oscar, who's the engineer in the studio today, was saying that just yesterday this studio was being used to record Christmas music for an ad campaign. So I can, Christmas I can feel is not Christmas coming, Christmas all... is here. Excellent. Well, Christmas is here in the studio today. So Hi, not, Christmas. <laughs> not only happy Halloween, everyone. Can you see Christmas, Christmas. around you? Um, yeah, the, uh, but as we know, the key, the the op- real opening of Christmas to the digital market must stop whacking the desk in the studio, stupid boy. Don't whack desks. Don't whack, stop whacking the desk. Is the Trinity Lunch. And that is, I think it's two weeks away, isn't it? <sighs> two weeks away. It's possibly I try not three. to look ahead. One, one day at a time. <laughs> one day at a time. Yes, uh, uh, which uh, so it, does explain soon. your diary issues <laughs> yeah. in many ways. It's coming soon. So the Trinity Lunch is coming soon. We've just had the Trinity Lunch up in Manchester, which was fantastic. We're going to talk about that shortly. Um, yeah, our special guest today is coming on soon to talk about that. Um, but Trinity Lunch London, which is always huge. I think uh, there are about 20-odd tickets left, I think, for Trinity Lunch mm. London. I might be... Slightly over exaggerating that, maybe thirty. But if you want those, get involved. And very excitingly, for February next year, February being the month of love, exactly, uh, we'll be in Edinburgh for our first ever Trinity lunch in Scotland. So that promises to be great fun. I'm looking forward to that. That was superb. I mean, the one Trinity lunch in Manchester has been a huge success, and I think yeah, Trinity lunch in Scotland will be equally fun. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? I think mentioning conferences, we should mention uh, our retail media event, which was kind of you know, about a month ago now. But we've just released the report based on that event, which is uh, live to download on New Digital Age at the moment. And retail media is going nowhere. It gets more and more exciting. And this was an event we put on with a range of, of retailers and tech companies and agencies. So, yeah, the report is available to download When now. you say going nowhere, what you mean is actually it's really going somewhere, but not going away. It's going nowhere. It's going nowhere. <laughs> All right. Is it going nowhere? It's going somewhere, as Andy says. But anyway, the report is on NDA to download. Now, that's from now on, all of our events that we're putting on NDA, we're also putting an associated sort of a report yeah. off the back of the inside. Now, we've talked a lot about these events. Uh, with the exception of Trinity, which you just buy a ticket, turn up, and uh, drink the wine that we put on the tables, uh, all our events now, you need to apply for a place. You know, And so... We've had a bit of an epiphany about our events, decided we don't want a thousand people in the room. Well, we do if you're all buying a ticket. Um, we've, just, we've got this new mantra for events, uh, for, well, pretty much for everything we do, which is creating meaningful conversations. 
And by to do that, you've got to have the right people in the room. So that's why we're asking people now to apply for places, aren't we? Apply for places, yeah. All our events, it's a mixture, as Annie says, apply for a place or personal invitations. So we want to create... The reason The reason our foresight event was so amazing, and it was, was because the audience was as good as the speakers on the stage. Yeah. And that's what we want to get to. The audience should be as good as the speakers on stage. And then you get to what we want to see in meaningful conversations, people meeting potential prospects, clients, partners, and actually some good happening from an event. Because we've all spent our lives at events. This industry is kind of fueled by events. But if it's just a one-off, if it's just a day or half a day and nothing happens off the back of it, if nothing happens by gathering together these amazing people, kind of what's the point? So yeah, our events nowadays, well, from now on, are always going to be sort of curated audiences leading to meaningful conversations. Anyway, that's enough about our events. Is it? It's never enough, but (laughs) it's never enough. We have to, otherwise the commercial team roots come and fight us. Okay, before we move on to meeting our special guest today, anything else happening in the coming weeks you want to talk about? Not really. No. No. Christmas is coming soon. Christmas is coming, so Halloween's finished. Ah, Spotify Light. Yeah, I well see I don't have small children, so mine genuinely I will not have to go and stand in a wet field. Okay, let's move on quickly from that. So anyway, let's meet our special guest today. It's Dave Guy from Channel Factory. So welcome. Morning. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Good to see you. Absolute pleasure. Now let's, first, you know, this this podcast is about what's going on in the industry and there's something quite exciting going on tonight, which we'll talk about in a second. But first of all, give us a bit of an intro to you. What do you do? What do you, where do you do it? What have you done before? You know, who are you? Yeah, who am I? <laughs> Why are you in Austria? Yeah, yeah. Where were you born? <laughs> All that sort of stuff. Yeah, wrong room. Yeah. Um, so for me, so I've been at Channel Factory three and a half years, so commercial director there. Um, before that, predominantly video uh, within the landscape, SSP side and also network side. And actually, prior to that, I was in recruitment. So did about six years in that, and then about 10 years in this, in this industry. So in terms of Channel Factory at the moment um, and how we obviously met, um, I opened the Manchester office about 12, 13 months ago now. So we've got a team of five up there um, and also oversee some of the London operations as well from a sales perspective. Because what, what I found kind of fascinating, we did our first Trinity lunch there last year, mm-hmm. is that Manchester and the, sort of the, the scene up there mm. is exactly the same as London, but kind of mirror image. So you've got different agencies, different teams at media, at media companies. You've got different sort of brands. So it's a real... It's exactly the same, but totally different. Yeah, it's a brilliant place. I've always repped the North, so to speak. Um, They don't get as much love, if you like, as some Mm. of the the London agencies down here. So there's always an opportunity. And we had enough traction to then justify opening the office. But to to your point, it's the second biggest media hub outside London, without a doubt. But in terms of Manchester being the focal point, we also look after the region. So that's Leeds, Birmingham. You mentioned Edinburgh. Yep, That's a big, big growth area as well. And we've got clients in Bristol, Bath, anywhere outside London, we'll we'll take essentially. Because a lot of people said to me, you've got to be in Manchester, you've got to be on the ground and have an office. And I think some people have fallen down by just turning up and wanting to be embraced. Is that true? Do you think? I think so. I think so. I was because you kind of dip your toe in, so you know you can go up every month, every quarter, whatever it may be, but it's never enough. So the businesses that I saw that were really starting to make headways with the agencies, had a presence. Okay. And that was really what led me to to do what we've done last year with the office and now have, I mean, people on the ground there, it makes a huge difference. And yeah, we've seen the rewards from that. So, What about people, talent, you're, you're in recruitment, what's the differences between London and Manchester in terms of the availability of talent and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I think it's just number of candidates. 
without stating the obvious, the size. Um, there's not as much opportunity up in Manchester. So I guess the advantage for us when we opened the office was it was something new. Um, so that kind of worked in our favour. But then on the flip side of that, there's not an abundance of candidates because there aren't many sales houses up there, so to speak. So there aren't many candidates from that side. It's mainly agencies. So you're trying to get the the balance. But we've got people working on the sales team that, you know, agency background and they're doing fantastic. Another thing I've heard a lot of people have told me is that agencies and I guess brands to the centre are much more willing and open to try new services and new technologies, potentially than down in London where things are locked up on long-term contracts. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a better terminology, but there's not as much red tape. Right, okay. So it's, um, which again makes the conversations a lot more enjoyable. You're exactly right. The more open to something that's a bit different, that's going to help their client. And that's not to say that in London they're not, they are. But I think just the size of the organisations, they tend to have more structural, um, you know, processes in place down in London that they do up in Manchester. And there's a lot of independence. So a big thing that we're seeing up in the regions is that you get senior people from some of the larger holding groups that will then set up independence. Um, and those guys don't want to be going in doing the kind of nitty gritty. So yeah. that's when we can really come in and help support them from an operational standpoint. Yeah, I was shocked when we went up there about the number of independent yeah, agencies. Which, yeah, it's crazy. So let's move on to talk about something equally important, people fighting other people. It's really unnatural you segueing into uh, something about boxing. I love boxing. Who's your favourite boxer? You know that, that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The big one. The big, the big one. <laughs> big one with the gloves on. Yeah. 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 He's good. He's yeah. good. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. yeah. So why are we talking about boxing? Dave? So media fight night tonight. Media fight night. So it's uh, it's a big, 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 huge event. I think it's about uh, over a thousand people that go. Is that um, okay. And uh, more importantly, we've got Dave Winstone, who's our UK trading director, fighting tonight. So... All of the business is is behind him. Who's he fighting? Do you know? Uh, he Alex Hodge, I believe, from Warner. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. Hodgie, Hodgie, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Hodgie. He's, yeah, he's quick and tough. So, um, <laughs> yeah, got the right terminology. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. Spot who, on. who knows? <laughs> Dave's quicker and tougher. Right. So, ah, well, Damn, you know, win them. Yeah, we hope. <laughs> but like, yeah, so that's uh, it's very exciting. So we're looking forward to that big black tie event. It has become, I mean, for a while now, it's such a key industry event, Fight Night, isn't it? It's yeah. Alongside, so it's, yeah, it's quite amazing. It raises lots of money. Huge yeah. money, yeah. yeah. It's always for a good cause, so yeah. it brings a lot of people together. So what, I mean, this podcast, we spend a lot of time talking about events, because mm. uh, the events are sort of critical to the industry. What do you see in terms of how events are, are changing, what's most important? You know, Christmas is coming up soon, you know, what? How, how are you navigating all the events out there? So, great question. Marketing team will probably be in a better place to answer that, but I think from my perspective, I mean, if I take it from a Manchester standpoint, yeah. and, you know, the Trinity lunch last year, this year was fantastic for us, I think it's just raising brand awareness. Over the years, and I'm sure you've experienced this yourselves, there's multiple, multiple events. Yeah. And sometimes too many events. It, sometimes, yeah. But it's, it's really just looking at that and thinking, okay, what's going to be a valuable use of our time, but also the organiser's time, and what can we get out of it? I think you look at it from, from, from two sides. An opportunity from a branding standpoint and maybe to get a message across, maybe on a panel or presentation. But then on the, on the other side, who's attending? 
So from a networking standpoint, who's going to be there, which will be beneficial for us to network with and, and to meet. And I think the Trinity lunch was great from that perspective. Um, there wasn't so much of the the formal side, which was actually quite refreshing. Okay. Um, but from a networking standpoint, it was it was fantastic. So we're just trying to balance the two. But there are a lot of events. Um, you know, Madfest is a big, big one mm. in London. Big one for you guys, isn't it? Big one for us. We've done it the last three years. Um and, uh, you know, part of Trinity, and, and I know we do quite a few others as well. Um, but a shout I think, out to our friends from uh, Madfest. Yeah, yeah. Putting on the tours with their new venue next yeah, year. Yeah, which yeah. Looks, well, it's not yeah. a new venue, it's an expanded version of the... Expanded, yeah. It's, it's getting big bigger and bigger. Well. It is getting bigger. But it is, it's unique. It's unique. And it manages to still be unique, and that's hard to yeah. keep, keep up, you know, yeah. so you get not in the UK in the block anymore. Definitely. And I think what we've seen from... I sort of talk like it's uh, back in the day, but when I joined Channel Factory, I was just a second full-time employee. So really? first, yeah, oh, in uh, in the UK. So, and then w- when we first did, not to talk about other events, obviously outside of yourselves, but uh, when we, we did Mar- all events. <laughs> so when we did Mafia, we just had a bench, half a bench, mm. in fact. Yeah, so half a bench. Half a bench. Um, and if you look at that in just three yeah. years, yeah. three and a half years. And now we've got kind of that they main area. I could almost imagine. Yeah, I could imagine Ian selling you half a bench. Like, yeah, half a, bench. half a bench left, mate. Half a bench. Do you want, <laughs> Do you want bench? it? Go on. Yeah. Then. So, so, who's you sharing with? You don't need to know that. Yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Very close to the bid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. that was amazing to see, and it's good to reflect like that because yeah, it, it just shows how we've how we've grown as a business. But then equally, from the northern side of things, having the event up in Manchester it was something we're really proud of. So it's great to get to get that exposure as well. So what else do you see at the moment in the industry in terms of interesting things going on? I guess, especially in Manchester, but especially the how how the industry itself is developing. I mean, what, what are you seeing as some of the most interesting trends going you on? You touched on a couple of uh, topics earlier, um, sustainability, um, which... I, I, that's a huge... It's a huge, huge, huge area. I think from, from what we're seeing at the moment, uh, it's that time of year where we're speaking to a lot of our partners from more of a strategic level. So what we want to ensure that we do is that we align with their strategic goals for next year and get a better understanding of, of, of you know, what their measurables are, where they're looking to grow and how we can align with that and how we can support them with that. So we don't just want to be another media owner. We really want to ingrain ourselves from that partnership standpoint. And the hot topics out of that really for next year, there's kind of a common trend and you've touched on it. Uh, sustainability, of course, but also attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So being able to trade on attention or measure attention. So we're always looking at ways in which we can, um, I guess, improve the solution for the clients and some value adds as well. So now we're starting to incorporate measurables around attention metrics uh, within campaigns that we run ourselves. Okay. And also, can I mention other businesses? You can mention as okay. many, many businesses as you like. Okay. Not limited to, of course, but <laughs> businesses like Sadara on the sustainability yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking to those guys, you can now measure the, the, the carbon emissions of your campaign and offset some of those towards certain charities and things like that. So there's a huge amount going on. Um, and then there's the combining the two of those so it's kind of like a combined outcome. So you've got attention and sustainability. And they do, they're so intertwined really, aren't they? Yeah. If you did more attention, better sort of, better fewer ads, better sustainability. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And then the other side of that is product development. Okay. So we're, we're lucky to be in a position where we can be quite nimble. We can work with agencies. We can work with clients directly and kind of, to some respects, build out a solution for them, um, whether it be personalised, you know, personalised products for them. Um, which is really exciting. So we're having more conversations about that next year as well. 
What are you sensing in terms of optimism re next year? Talking to clients, uh, in terms of growth, yeah, just growth and just just general, you know, optimism because it's it's been a quite gloomy market for the last for the last year. But... Yeah, it has, it has. To be honest, it's a lot more positive coming Seems, into next yeah. year, and um, genuinely, so that might be a lot of certain agencies have maybe have recruitment freezes or they've had to make some restructuring uh, changes. But I think next year, I was looking a lot more positive. They're feeling they're starting to get more feet on the ground. They're starting to get aligned strategically, operationally. And because we've had the conversations from the beginning, we're now very much part of that. So it's a, an overall industry thing that I've seen. I've noticed is that people are getting a lot more organized earlier for, for the next year. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're starting to put plans for can in place mm. for some of our clients, our PR clients at the moment. You know, that genuinely doesn't, hasn't happened this mm. early. Yeah. For, uh, well, I don't think it has for a while. Mm. But if no, I mean, it used to way back um, in sort of pre-pandemic. That yeah, now people are getting stuff, very right. organised. Yeah. People des- people want to know what is that, you know, what's the plan for 24? You know, we've got, we've, someone was talking about a thing we're doing in September next year to me yesterday. I think... <laughs> Help! I don't know. Yeah, uh, you know, what, if people ask us, "What's our editorial plan for this that this thing?" Well, you think we have a plan? I mean, what, anything plans? this podcast shows is that yeah, plans are plans fluid at best. Plans. I can't um, believe I didn't mention can for an event. Oh, uh, just uh, yeah, I yeah. won't look at the carbon emissions of that one. Obviously, but <laughs> I've, I've, I've booked. I've booked our uh, apartment. Oh. I've booked a, an apartment. Yeah, you. Let's not talk about apartments. Like, from well, last you, year. you, no, no, no. you. It's a nice apartment. There's... You obviously won't be staying in it. Good location. <laughs> no. It's a great location. That's it's air Yeah. We have a thing that I will book a very nice apartment. I will go with my wife, who's one of the founders of the company as yeah. well, and probably not one of the, you know, the lovely people. Justin, <laughs> we tend to put in an apartment with Paddy, who is our chairman. Paddy's, in many ways, he's too large. He's too big of a man. It's too much of So him. Where, wherever you put him in, a, in an apartment, <laughs> yeah. he dominates it. He dominates. And they did tell us it was a two-bedroom apartment. What they didn't say is the second bedroom was also the kitchen. Oh, well. Small details. Yeah, it's, it's a minor detail. Exactly. So yeah. let's, let's gloss over that and move on. <laughs> <laughs> but just back to the idea of optimism, <laughs> happiness, happiness, rather than thinking about cash. Uh, but I think also the reason for optimism may be the fact that these big macro issues like the cookie, et cetera, they're kind of being dealt with, aren't they? And yes, they're going to yeah. upset everything. We know they are, but it, everyone's had so long to think about it. Plans are being put in place. And it, even things like sustainability is such a huge issue and such a huge change for many agencies and brands but you know measures being put in place so I think there's yeah. so many big issues that are being if not dealt with being prepared for maybe that's helping the optimism yeah absolutely I think you know what it's like in this industry there's always something new to talk about is. and you know I know it's a, an obvious phrase but you know viewability was spoken about for a very very long time than mobile was and and i'm not suggesting that these um, topics that we're talking about aren't important they are but then we don't want to then lose sight of the important aspects of you know the contextual alignment when it comes to to brands advertising and engaging with the right audience so i think you have to have that all-encompassing approach and these are kind of additions which can help bolster that from a campaign standpoint but you know you still want to get the basics right if you like exactly so look, we're coming sort up against time, and let, let's talk a bit more about what we're seeing next year. And I think one of the most interesting things you mentioned, sort of contextual there, in terms of how how advertisers are viewing the sort of the capabilities of digital marketing per mm. se. So what what are you seeing as some of the most interesting 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 facets there? I mean, what the 
tools at advertised disposal now are so powerful as we're yeah. talking about the kind of the macro effects of being aligned what is most exciting now for an advertiser in terms of creativity in terms of targeting in terms of media in terms of what what is driving interest in next year you think it's the big it's the terminology of of brand suitability okay um and there's kind of the banded around quite a lot brand safety brand suitability but there is a big difference and and you know the brand suitability is where a client can now get peace of mind that on a campaign by campaign basis they can have a, a proper bespoke solution tailored for them whether that be around a contextual audience performance and also delivery so that's really really exciting because you can you can properly tailor an approach and a solution across multiple channels uh, for clients rather than kind of okay, it's brand safe, but is it brand suitable? Okay. So, and I think that's what we've seen a lot more of and a lot more of, of engagement around because, you know, without stating, we spoke about Peppa Pig when I walked in on the wall. We did. But um, the legend... We won't, we won't explain why. We yeah, we won't talk about... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very <laughs> advertising, digital marketing related. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, some, we might say Peppa Pig, this is very... Top line example is brand safe, but is it brand suitable for many clients? So that's kind of, you know, as a simplistic approach of, of many brands may not want to be aligned with that. Let's dig into the Peppa Pig a bit more. Yeah. Why isn't Peppa Pig... For <laughs> <laughs> well, less not, let's not. I do love Peppa Pig, but let's not dig into it. Uh, let's wrap up then with... Peppa Pig's normally Peppa good Pig's, side that it's yeah. uh, time to wrap up. I mean, I'd like to talk more about Peppa Pig. We can, if you want. If you want, okay. yeah. What's your favourite Peppa Pig character, Dave? That is a great question. Daddy Pig? Uh, I don't know. Mummy Pig? I think uh, Susie Sheep's a bit of a ledge. Susie Sheep is a bit of a ledge. (laughs) Is the best thing that anyone's ever said on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Just to finish on a high. (laughs) (laughs) Susie Sheep is a bit of a ledge. That's good. Andy, any thoughts on your favourite character? Um, As a bald guy with a beard, I I find I do identify with Daddy Pig quite a lot. Yeah. You're so similar to Daddy Pig. Oh, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, you are, Daddy. <laughs> what have I done? Yeah. Wow, why did I? Have, I never thought that. <laughs> Truth is coming clear. Daddy Pig and Daddy Susie Pig. Sheep. And with uh, those and yourself, we'll leave you. <laughs> yeah, are you you're just a Pepper fundamentalist? Just Pepper. Yeah, yeah, just Pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just old pepper. school. Do you know as much about Pepper Pig as you do about boxing? Uh, I know quite a lot about Peppa Pig. It's my daughter's favourite program for a long time, but she never. She stops. She doesn't. She doesn't watch it anymore. She's too old. So yeah, only, only eight. But you're never too old. I watch it occasionally, only a bit. Sit at home, yeah. watch, eating ice cream, watching Peppa Pig. Just around. Yeah. <laughs> my wife catches me again. Yeah. Anyway, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for joining Pleasure. us. Thank this you. has been this always media Thursday from New Digital Age with myself, Justin Pierciazza, and Andy Oakes, the publisher, and our special guest, David Guy, Channel from Factory, Channel Factory. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Yep, with more Susie Sheep, the ledge. Bye bye. Thanks Thanks for listening.